captivating landscapes, flawless tobaccos, elegant presentation. Introducing Pure Origin. At JR Cigar, our innovative team is on a journey for unrivaled flavors and enriching experiences. Along that path, we discovered new, distinctive, and groundbreaking tobaccos from the furthest reaches of the earth and are bringing them right to your home. The intentions are pure, the process is pure, the origin is pure. JR Pure Origin. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's Friday night. We are hanging out on the dojo. It's Friday night, Herf. It's time for Smoke Night Live. I am so glad to be back. Not that I didn't have an amazing time, which I did have an amazing time, but it's fun to be back with Dojo Nation, man, and hanging out with you guys on a Friday night. I'm hoping that tonight on the show, the studio audience and the uh, viewing audience on YouTube and Facebook participates let's have some fun let's smoke some cigars let's drink some drinks don't forget to subscribe to the show hit that like button do all those things share the show to your own timeline it really does help us we even have a graphic for that which our producer would normally be playing at the time and i'm saying this but he's too busy thinking about other things and he's not paying attention jordan how are you doing Thanks for that intro. <laughs> I'm displaying comments from the audience. Oh, is that what you're trying to do? The, the re- I have to read? Yeah. Hey. And uh, click at the same uh, time? Studio audience is here, Scotty and Matt, as usual. How are you boys doing tonight? Wow, Look at Scotty. Doing great. Doing oh, great. in the, in the yes. dojo sweater. Sporting the dojo sweater. You would be the enforcer on our team. If, you, if we had you on the team. The guy team, that can't skate for crap that just goes out there to hit people. 100%. We'd be like, Scotty, you see that guy in the uh, in the yellow with the yellow laces? Just go take him out. Just Sweet. do that right now. That's about all I'd be worth. How you doing, Matt? You got your flannel going? I like that. Got the flannel. It's flannel Friday. Yeah. Your, hat, Yo. your hat's looking sharp. We need to make some more dojo hats. Yes. I need like six more of this exact hat. Just yeah. so I That's a cool out. hat. We need Jordan. We need not get- enough guys can pull that hat off, though. You do a good job. That's well, all I, need I couldn't. I couldn't do it. My head, the shape. It we we need some. Fit. We need some other styles. It took years of practice. We need some Man. other styles of hat. To get it going. You know what I'm saying? Uh, tonight on the show, we are going to be discussing our trip that we took to the Perdomo factory uh, in Nicaragua, and we're also going to be introducing a new segment, Jordan, called "At the Water Cooler." Mm. And we're going to be discussing three of the hottest topics, news topics, or just topics in general in the cigar industry. We'll be doing that uh, after uh, halfway through the show, after the commercial break. Uh, but before we get to that, let's bring on our esteemed guest, the host. So much steam. The host of the world's greatest uh, flavor pairing show, cigar pairing with drinks, uh, it's called Flavor Odyssey. It airs every Wednesday night. If you've never seen it, you're missing out on a ton of fun. It airs every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on all Dojo channels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Randy Griggs. Randy, how the heck are you, my friend? 
What's going on, guys? Happy to be here, as always. Uh, doing fantastic, obviously. Still kind of getting acclimated back to our time zones, coming back from the trip. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, super excited to jump on here and chat about some of the cool things that we saw and kind of recap a little bit about uh, our last week or so. Yeah, Randy, one of the cool uh, things about this and the reason that I really wanted you to be on the show tonight with, uh, obviously, Jordan's going to be on regardless, but... Um, both you and Jordan. Now, Jordan's been to Nicaragua many, many times on various trips. He's never done the Perdomo trip. Uh, you have never uh, – be, you've been to the Honduras trip with Camacho, but you hadn't had a chance yet uh, to be on a Nicaraguan tour. And so this was your first Nicaraguan tour uh, at the Perdomo factory. And going into the trip, Randy, uh, I'm, I, I know that you were super excited. You were pumped up. Uh, but what were what was sort of your expectation? How did you, what were you like most sort of looking forward to uh, heading down Central America there? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, Nicaragua, you know, and we'll we'll talk about it. I'm sure more as the show goes on, but has so many more uh, growing regions. Has so much more kind of going on with it. It's such a focus for us. Um, on our show and in the industry in general, as, as you know, I often tell people that, uh, that, you know, when I, when I talk to novices or non cigar smokers and they find out that I'm kind of affiliated with the industry, you know, so many people ask like, Oh, is Cuba really the best tobacco. And it's like, no, actually I think it's pretty unanimous at this point that Nicaragua provides the best tobacco and some of the best cigars in the world now. Um, so just to go to the origin of where the best tobacco is, in my opinion, uh, was really exciting. But but then also, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the different style of trips. I know we talked a little bit about it uh, on our show before we went. Um, but, you know, you've told me, Coop's told me, um, you know, some of these trips are very much just like, you know, come and check out our culture and like be part of our brand. And they're, they're more brand engagements that, th that are open to the public. Um, but uh, what we went on, uh, the VIP tour at Perdomo is not open to the public. Um, uh, while some consumers are just there, it you basically have to be affiliated with a retailer. You know, the way they do that trip is so much more educationally focused um, than, than just like brand uh, engagement. And okay, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but just to see kind of the other side of how these trips go, uh, was exciting for me. And again, you know, just Nicaragua, just to like kind of, you know, I, I see that as the Mecca of premium tobacco at this point. And so to like actually get to like rub the black soil of Esteli in between my fingers was something that like, you guys know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty romantic in general. Uh, so that was, uh, that was a very, just like cool, uh, opportunity rub the to soil. Get, like, go to that. <laughs> New hashtag, rub the soil. <laughs> Oh, Rub God. the soil, baby. Genie uh, comes out, yeah. grants you three Nicaraguan wishes. <laughs> and one of those wishes would be to go on the Perdomo tour. And that again, that was that was one of the big things. And I told uh, I told you about Eric that like I was gonna like uh, cool out on some of the trips this year because of my new job and everything, and I don't have the PTO or whatnot. But uh, but this was like on a very, very short list of like I had to go to this if I ever got a chance because it is invite only. And so uh, so I. Uh, here in public, you know, on the air. I'll thank you again, Eric. Thank you so much for including me in the dojo invite, uh, you know, uh, down there because it, it, it is one of those opportunities that um, you kind of have to be affiliated with the industry Chad, to be part of. 
Chad to Chad wants to know if the soil had good mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> it had great texture. It had great texture. We'll leave it at that. We, we, we you know, if, if you guys want, if we get there, uh, we can talk a little bit about that texture and about uh, the expectations. But uh, let, yeah, let, no, the, I, uh, I, let the record be uh, let the record be known that um, Randy was not really invited on this trip. He sort of pushed. <laughs> He sort of pushed his way in, and I I totally appreciate that about Randy. Like when he when there's something that he wants, he he finds a way. Uh, you know, Nick had um, Nick. I had told Nick like you know I'd really have loved Jordan to go on this tour. Like I told him this like a couple years ago, and so he was uh, you know he was nice enough to uh, you know offer it up to to Jordan to get down there. Um, and then Randy was like, oh, man, he's like, could you just t- please tell Nick, like, I'm actually like your other son and and all this. And so uh, so Nick was Nick was generous. I have to give all the credit to Nick because, you know, when I brought it up to Nick, he was he was like, well, let me take a look at where we're at, you know, with these various trips. Because they're the so the Perdomo trip is different in one way. I'll, I'll, I'll start this off right off the bat. They unlike unlike Camp Camacho or Cigar Safari uh, with Drew Estate. Uh, on Nick's tour, they bring anywhere between thirty and and forty four people. So this is a it's a it's a big trip. There's a lot of people there, and so they fill this thing up so much so that it, at, at customs, when you're coming into Nicaragua, um, and you go through the customs, they always ask you like why you're here, and it almost doesn't matter what trip you're on if you're with Drew Estate or or some other cigar manufacturer, they just tell you like just say you're on the Perdomo trip because the people at customs act they actually know. They're they're familiar with the, the 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 Perdomo trip, so if you just say Perdomo, they're kind of cool with that. That's how many people they bring through this. In fact, I think Nick said they're they were nearing like ten thousand over the years of bringing people down. Didn't we? Didn't he say we were like nine thousand eight hundred ninety or something like I that? Think so. Yeah. Anyways, they bring in a, a massive amount of people down there over the years. They start their tours in early February, and they're still doing them now. I think they're starting to wind down. Now I know Arthur is doing one as we speak, but um, it's a big trip. It's a ton of fun, and so let's get right into it. Let's talk about it. So the, the, the sort of the goal of the show tonight, guys, is a to hang out with Dojo Nation. Uh, we want to hear you guys' comments and stuff, but also if you're considering a trip to Nicaragua, maybe uh, what we discuss um, uh, will be of value to you. This we'll we'll sort of talk about how all this goes. I can pretty much sum it up in yeah. just a couple of words here. Wow. Okay. Uh, bring bug spray. <laughs> All right, and that's it. <laughs> that's it for smoking my live. We'll see you guys next time. Was... See you guys uh, <laughs> on, on the verse. <laughs> that was a great. That was a good. Name. No, uh, before before we get right I'm, into it, as he says that, I'm still scratching my mosquito bites. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Nicaragua a lot of times in Honduras and all over the place, and I don't remember having to bring bug spray. And this was a whole a whole new animal. Well, I think I think we've sort of we've sort of narrowed in on why that was, which we'll get into as the show goes on. But first, guys, let's let's go off. Uh, let's let's talk about what we're smoking. Everybody always wants to know. I oh, yeah. am smoking a Maduro version of the Perdomo uh, vintage twelve year. There it is, double aged. Um, this is an absolutely phenomenal cigar. Jordan, what have you got smoking? Uh, right now, I'm finishing off uh, Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro. One of your favorites. And I'm going to be switching over to the 12-year Sun Grown. There you go. Randy, what do you got? 
Well, I went with the double-aged, 12-year vintage Connecticut for tonight's show myself. Very nice. Look at that and beautiful just, focus you got on yeah, there too. Yeah, I absolutely love. If you're listening, if you were, if you're, a, if you're a podcast listener on Spotify or Apple, you just missed a, a beautiful shot by Randy. Well done, my friend. <laughs> that was a sexy cigar shot. All right, let's get right into it. Um, day one, so we decided that we would. So normally on the Perdomo tour, everybody comes down. Um, the night before the tour, and we and they stay in um, Managua, Nicaragua, which is the capital city of uh, Nicaragua. And you typically stay at this hotel that's very close to the airport. It's called the Camino Real. Beautiful hotel. Um, we we decided to go down a day earlier than that, um, just so that me and, and Jordan and uh, Randy could kind of hang out. Plus, it was Jordan's birthday, so we didn't want to be traveling um, uh, during that. We got Tonya. down there. We got down there. Uh, uh, wait, before you get to the Tony, don't show the Tony yet. Don't show the Tony That was the yet. first clip in the I know, but don't, just hide that for a second. We'll get to the cold Tony in a second. Um, Randy, let's talk real quick because you're from, yep. you're from uh, Northern California and wow. uh, you had a long day of travel to get down there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite like the day coming back, but uh, yeah, so it was a 13 hour trek uh, for me, you know, uh, there, there's not any uh, direct flights from uh, the Bay Area, so I had to fly from San Francisco, um, which is about an hour and a half north of where, where I stay. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a little over a three-hour trip down to Houston, Texas, so you're pretty close to the border, um, you know, well, not really the border, but right on the kind of coast there for the Gulf of Mexico. Um, then I had a four-hour layover, and then it's a four-and-a-half-hour flight from Houston down to Managua. So, yeah, it ended up being a 13-hour uh, day for me down there, uh, and I had to leave. Um, I had to leave on a red eye, so I left at uh, at 11:50 p.m. Uh, to arrive uh, with you boys at uh, one in the afternoon uh, down in Managua. Yeah, that's uh, it. Uh, now, me and Jordan didn't have it quite as bad being in Colorado. Uh, just a short flight to Houston, and, and then we met up with you, and then flew down to Managua. Now, when you get down there, um, going through the airport and customs and whatnot. Um, and it's hot when you get to Managua. So Managua is is basically sea level, I think, or at least close to yep. it. Um, yep. It's extremely hot. It's extremely humid. Um, we come out of the airport uh, after we've gotten our bags through there and whatnot. And there's the Camino Real bus that's sitting like three, like thirty feet from us. It's basically sitting like thirty feet from us. Back, and we're like, back. okay, we need it. We, and, like, and, there, and there's the driver. Luckily, like, Randy speaks really good Spanish. Yeah, that was <laughs> actually that was that was one of the best um, yeah. advantages because I don't really like Randy that much, but the fact that he speaks <laughs> such good Spanish, it was just a, such a plus. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> but so, anyways, well, there's the bus, Randy. It's it's literally thirty feet from us, but it's behind a a, um, a a median or whatever, like a kind yep, of yep. you know part of the building. Um, Part of the parking lot, and so then there's the the driver's like he's right there. He's like, oh yeah, I'll take you over there. What he says that in Spanish, of course. And so and then we waited, and we waited. Randy, I I wasn't sure if that bus was ever going to come. Well, so it's it's funny, and not to not to interrupt your, your, the way you're go, going here, but you did skip a a, a small cool step yeah. again. Yeah. You know, and we we love the idea. A couple of few things about going to Nicaragua if you're not affiliated with a trip ahead of time. Because um, obviously, if you make your, the pilgrimage to Esteli, um, there are 64 
um, factories there in Esteli. So, so you could go down there and, and legitimately like make a go of making an amazing cigar trip on your own. Um, but, uh, so a couple things I'll say right out of the gate. We, so first we stopped for some booze at the duty free shop and you get there to find out that there is a standing 10% discount. All you have to do is say that you're with Perdomo again, to, to your point, Eric, you know, the people at the airport are so, um, tourism there is driven so heavily by the cigar uh, industry that all you have to do is say at customs that you're with Perdomo, then you head into the duty free shop. Also say you're with Perdomo. Yeah. Boom. You're already getting <laughs> that a discount. one. They actually uh, check you on though. Like, don't just that's, say that because they, that's like, true, but they didn't, they never really asked our names or anything. Did they? I don't think they I asked know. our names. Like they, 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 they did make a phone call. I'm not sure who made they a phone call. Some, yes. Yeah, who did they call? <laughs> Someone. Yeah, yeah. Who who call? I think that was just yeah. like scare you off if you were like. <laughs> I think she, called, yeah, I think she exactly. called like the local radio station and, uh, and re- requested a song or something. But yeah, they did make some sort of call. But yeah, you're and, right. But man. it's yeah, I, I think it's also um, worth noting, especially like you said, Eric, because I've been to Honduras. Um, that I mean. Uh, don't I don't want anyone to take this wrong because Honduras is a beautiful country and I don't want to discourage people from uh, traveling there if that's their their desire. But the the crime and um, and kidnapping rate in Honduras is of some of the higher uh, places in the world. That's just a fact. You, you know, it's it's not necessarily the safest place to go. Um, and so when when Camacho picks you up, you're picked up with a security detail of like military level. It was honestly one of the one of my favorite parts about Honduras. Feels pretty cool that there's um, you know you get into a bus and they've got SUVs in front and back. They've got bodyguards with you, and you have armed military um, uh, chaperones w- w- the entire time you're in Honduras. But, and, and that is uh, mostly for like Tegucigalpa. Like it's I, I would say Dunley sure. is not that sketchy oh no no that's 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 a fair point, Where you're actually fair point. yeah yeah that's, that's a fair point but but you still have to fly into tegucigalpa right. um and and it's there's there's some there's some questionable uh kind of uh behaviors down there so anyhow but going to nicaragua none of that's the case they tell you yeah you just hail a cab you don't feel comfortable heading into town and going to get you go into the hotel um come to find out that you know they actually say that uh, that uh, nicaragua is one of the safest countries in all of Latin America, um, just in general, from from a crime standpoint, so there that was pretty cool. Is just to like feel comfortable heading out and and uh, hailing down that uh, that bus. But it's funny because like to to your point, it was like thirty feet's a perfect estimation of how far that that shuttle was from us, and it's got the hotel name right 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 across. And I hail him down real quickly you know, in Spanish and tell him it's like, oh yeah, we're heading over there, and and we start walking towards the bus, and he stops us. He says, no no no, you wait right there. I'm going to come around and pick you up. Think, okay, that's cool. You don't, no problem. It must have been 20 minutes. From, <laughs> from, 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 he just drove least. away. Like, where's he coming? At least 20 minutes. It was... the, the wild part is, we come to find out the hotel's less than five minutes from the hotel. Yeah. We literally could have walked to the hotel in the amount of time we waited for the shuttle to like Guy just, just come around the median. Right <laughs> yeah. I think so. So, anyways, we get we get in the bus, we get over to the hotel, and it's it, it like I said, in Managua is not like us Lee. It's it's hot and humid, and we, me and and Randy and and Jordan kind of found our little area in the hotel there, and when you order that first, now Jordan, you can show it. You order those first 
You got to get Tonya because that's the that is the beer of Nicaragua. Tonya. And you get those those ice cold Tonya, and they do keep them cold down there. Wherever you go, it's just ice cold, Randy. And Randy, you're a beer guy, and and obviously Tonya is not the most complex beer in the world. But tell me, just tell me how good that first Tonya tastes because you're hot, you're tired, and it just tastes amazing. It is so refreshing. It's clear. It's completely free of any uh, off flavors. It's got got that nice kind of corn and 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 bready wheat note. Like, oh, it is. It's it's magical. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you go to Nicaragua, be prepared to drink a lot. That's what the DR was missing. Like when we went to the DR for the first time, I was like, "What's what's there, Tonya?" They have like, El Presidente. You know, it's not the same. They have El Presidente, which is. Is similar, but you're right. It doesn't doesn't hit the same way. Probably because they have more options, I would assume. Right. Um, so then, Randy, we're at the hotel. We stayed there two nights, as I said. Had a great time. Uh, most of the most everybody else from the Perdomo uh, trip came there the next night. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, there was this huge Nicaraguan wedding going on. Yeah. And it was <laughs> it was we sat and watched the entire the, the entire after party type of a thing. They danced into the night. There was cool lights. They were having a great time. Like I, I instantly was texting my daughters. I was like, "Hey, man, the rest of you girls, if you want to get married, please let's let's do it right here. Like this is an amazing. They had an amazing, they had an amazing event that night, Randy. That's funny because like the first, like you can you could tell when they started to like bring in the guests from the actual wedding, and like the first lady they brought in was like one of the moms, like this grandma. She has like she can barely walk. This guy's walking her in. You know, gets gets her in her seat, and you're like, oh, she's gonna sit there the whole night. No, she just she was the only one dancing on. The, she was like the <laughs> leading the dance the whole rest of the night. Yes, like true. what? You had to get like walked in. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that we had identified her like so quickly. Like you said, she they were the first. So the ceremony was there at the um, yeah. You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, El Camino Real is um, is a is a resort. Um, so there the there's several buildings that that make up. Uh, all the hotel rooms, uh, and uh, and with the, with the uh, with the pool right in the the very center, they've got like a venue there, but then they have these beautiful um, kind of open air uh, kind of atriums, and so the the actual ceremony itself took 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 place a little bit apart from us, but as Eric was saying, right there at the pool, so we were poolside the whole time. They've got these great little like thatchet uh, roof. Um, kind of spots all around and we, we, we hunkered down there for the, for the better part of the entire two, two days we were there. Um, but then the, the actual Sarah or the, the, what do you call it reception? after the ceremony, the reception? Thank you. Reception. The reception is just on the other side of the pool from us. So we were like front and center. We, we had like first, uh, front row to their reception. It wasn't like segregated off. It was just right there. A couple times we actually had to like kind of maneuver our way through the reception to, to go back to the bar and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, it was so funny because I, I swear she was like literally, we, we learned later based on the, the, um, the, uh, kind of speeches that each of the parents gave and whatnot. It was the, it was the father of the bride and what seemed we were assuming is his mother. Right. And, and to, to Jordan's point, she's holding on to, to her son's arm and he's kind of like her walker over there. She was on the dance floor for the next six hours <laughs> after that. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then maybe the, the most, and then we'll get, we'll get into the tour. I'm sure some of you guys are wondering if we're going to ever talk about the tour, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Rogan wedding, but they, they bring out this at, at about 
I don't know, two or three o'clock. They bring out this beautiful cake, this beautiful wedding cake. It's just gorgeous. They set it over there. We can see like, oh man, I did a nice job on that cake. The per- the the reception lasts like eight hours, and nobody has touched the cake. Finally, <laughs> finally, the bride and groom go over there, and they kind of do like a cutting the cake ceremony, you know, where they talk a little bit. This is late now. We're talking like almost eleven o'clock or whatever, and nobody, guys, nobody ever ate the cake. Literally, at no point did anyone ever take a slice of that cake. <laughs> it, at the end of the night, they just, I think they just threw it in the trash. I don't know what they did with it. Like nobody ever, and it was a real cake. Like a lot of people are probably seeing right now. Oh, it's probably a fake cake, you know, just for no. It was a, you could see them breaking it down, and they were like, "Is anybody gonna eat the cake?" Nobody yeah. eats. It was probably like seven hundred dollar cake. Nobody ate it. I don't know. What, we should have rushed over there. We should have snatched it up. Why didn't we do it, that, it, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Clearly, we were trying to be respectful. We didn't want to like be out of place in another culture and whatnot. But like in retrospect, we should have helped ourselves to some cake. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So then, right. Uh, next day comes around. Now it's time to leave. Uh, Nick shows up with uh, Janine and they're hanging out with everybody from the tour. We're starting to kind of meet people. Nick gives me a hard time because I posted a picture on Instagram. I was smoking an Espinosa 10 year anniversary. He's like, <laughs> so you come down here for my tour and you're sharing an Espinosa, you jerk. And I, I was, said, you know, when you go to a concert, <laughs> you don't bring the, the band shirt to the concert. You buy the band shirt at the concert. Right. And then he was like, not when you go to a Kiss concert, you wear, you wear a Kiss shirt. So, uh, now, Nick, Nick was on fire the entire time, so we get on the, the Perdomo bus. Now, the Perdomo bus, Randy, is essentially a school bus. It's like, just like yep. you uh, rode when you were a kid going to school, and you take the trek to all the way up. You, you, you go up to 3,000 feet above sea level or whatever to SLE. It's about a two-and-a-half, three-hour-ish sort of drive. And um, what did you think of the uh, what did you think of the trek, uh, Randy, from Managua? to s well, it, it was good you know i and I, I think it was pretty cool you know uh, nick absolutely plays tour guide like he's got the full on he's got the speaker on his belt and he's got the the headpiece and he's playing tour guide and telling you the history of, of nicaragua um as a country in general but then uh, additionally like how, what the the tobacco industry has done what he's seen in the last 30 years that since his father and him went down there and, and started uh, the journey of creating Perdomo cigars. Um, and he was so knowledgeable about the whole thing. It was really fantastic. You know, he, he, he talked about how it was cobblestone roads when they got there 30 years ago and 17 years ago um, because of tourism that's driven by, by the tobacco industry, they were able to pave a road. So we, I mean, we're going up a, a pretty like standard, two-lane highway the whole way up there so it was a really smooth trip um it's great you know getting to you know and he's calling out the different uh, volcanoes as you're passing by and whatnot and um like i said just uh it was so cool i was feverishly taking notes as we went as as he was you know laying some uh some knowledge on us about nicaragua and about uh, his family's history of like you know where it started and you know he went back to it several times during the trip of like um, you know, the, the, there's there's plenty of obstacles in Nicaragua and, and creating a company there. And, you know, and he, he remembered asking his dad, like, Dad, why are we doing it? Like, why are we here? Why Nicaragua? His dad would always say it's for the it's for the dirt. It's for the earth. The, the, the earth that, that that is available to us here is, you know, bar none, the best available on, on the earth for tobacco. And, you know, they really went there 
to be able to grow great tobacco and you know they they had to like struggle through some some of these you know obstacles and, and and lack of of infrastructure when they had originally come and hell he even pointed out the the um the hospital that he had to go to what, what was it when he when he had appendicitis, appendicitis yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know as we're going through he's pointing out the hotel that they stayed at for the first couple months as they were getting established in in nicaragua and so kind of hearing his story from being you know from what it sounds like a, a teenager you know to to where where he is now in the last 30 years and what what um what they've how he's seen the area come up and 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 everything was was really great i i enjoyed the heck out of just the the three hour trip up the mountain and now, and then the weather change you're, oh, like yeah, you yeah. said you know we started oh, out yeah. at, at sea level and as hot and humid as can be uh, about two-thirds of the way uh up to the 2900 feet of of where uh esteli is the 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 temperature dropped 15 degrees the humidity dropped by 20 percent and it got so much more comfortable and and the weather was was brilliant the entire time we were there it was so nice now here's the part you guys really want to hear um so we're on the bus and there's and there's this really nice guy his name is bert um super cool dude (laughs) he's playing he's playing music super loud on he has like a speaker or something like that and every time nick goes to talk we're at the back of the bus and these guys are at the front of the bus and every time like Nick just barely stops talking. Bert starts jamming Phil Collins. You know, I can feel it in the air tonight. You know, and <laughs> and so so then at this at one point in the in the trip up there, Randy's like, Randy's like, could you please stop playing that music? I just came three thousand miles to hear Nick talk. I don't want to hear <laughs> Phil Collins. And poor Bert was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Man. And then Nick reamed him. Of course. Oh my god, poor Randy. <laughs> Ran- Randy, Randy, you you just you 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 don't you don't hold back. You you and Nick both don't have no filter. I love that. I, like, I love that about you. <laughs> well, well, I, I it, it was advantageous that uh, that Nick absolutely supported that. And and for the record, I'm a huge Phil Collins fan. I love Phil <laughs> Collins, but like, but, but 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 to your point, we had just traveled a quarter of the way across the planet to like witness this, to hear <laughs> Nick's story, and the last thing. And to your point, he was he was so carefully like trying to turn up the music as soon as Nick would talk, and as soon as he would talk, he'd try and like lower it. But but I mean, Nick's yeah, you know, I mean, he's only stopping in between like relighting his cigar here and there, and and so it, it became a distraction. Again, I'm taking notes. You know, I, I we'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about it, but I'm going to be working on uh, on 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 writing a recap article and and kind of cover some of the. The, the gems that, that Nick shared with us on this trip. And it, again, it was for me, it was such a special occasion, such a great opportunity to be there. Like the last thing I needed was some, some guy, uh, from some, Hey, Bert, if you're out there, love you, bro. Good dude. But like very much like a bro. I, and this guy was such a bro. And he's like trying to, trying to kind of be part of the tour. He wanted to kind of insert himself as a personality. And he's a great, character but like let's be honest we didn't travel there for Bert <laughs> by the way yeah Bert, Bert was a cool dude so we get up there now at the Perdomo tour which is unlike a lot of tours um Nick just rents an entire hotel or motel it's 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 a sort of off the beaten path little hotel run by a family <clears throat> and it's it's very charming um is that a good way to describe it Randy it's charming um oh 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think a better way, uh, j- just to throw in there, a hotel or motel doesn't really capture it. It's not a single building. It's a it's a, a bit of a compound in of itself. So there are several buildings. There's like the main building with, with rooms, and then there's like some um, uh, cabanas, they call them. Uh, we were lucky enough because there was three of us. We were, we were assigned our own like private cabana. They're beautiful buildings, and, and it was really, really clean. Like you said, the, the family lives there on the property and runs it. You know, it's... It's the, I believe the oldest daughter is the one mostly doing the cooking. And then the oldest son is, is like kind of the caretaker of the guests. And so, you know, they were there at our disposal, you know, helping us out with, with everything. They had three meals a day cooked and prepped for us. Uh, that coffee made for us and they're going around cleaning up. They, t- they clearly took a lot of pride in the, in the property. Um, it, it was beautiful. It was a little bit outside of the city. Um, so, so we're kind of in, 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 I mean, five minutes from the factory on top of that, but, but it's on the other side, you know, outside of the city. And Nick pointed out like a lot of times, um, these tours <clears throat> will put you in the hotels down in the city and there's cars honking on the streets and like, like it's a big city. Um, and so we were like in a little oh, bit a more of a rut. Yeah, yeah, I guess big, but it's a, it's a bustling city. There's a lot going on at all times, and we were kind of like we had a little bit of a buffer zone uh, between the city and where we were. So I loved the setting. I loved that it was a little bit more um, kind of off the beaten path. Lots of uh, wild animals. We saw bats flying around every night, and geese and Randy Joe monkey. Machado wants to know if you got how much you got yelled at by Nick. <laughs> <laughs> The trip. What? What? Nick runs this thing, man. You were in the middle of the pack. Like you, you, it was lower than you'd expect. There was a couple guys that really took the wrath. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a Democrat and go on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you can be a Democrat. Just don't try and have a political debate with Nick unless you know what the hell you're talking about because he's very, very well versed. Yeah, yeah. He he knows. He knows what what he's talking about when it comes to political conversations. When it comes to most conversations, really, and he'll he'll put he'll, he'll kind of smack you back into your place if if, if you can't uh, hold up to him. And so, well, well, I did I did uh, strike his ire uh, from time to time. I was very interested in what he had to say. That's really all he cared about. It's just like if you're here. Be engaged. Be paying attention to to what you came to learn. If you just came to like hang out and play music and party, he, his patience for that can, there's can run tour. There's other tours for that. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Randy, one of the one of the real interesting things Nick said right off the bat about the hotel, which I I found really normally when you go to third world countries, they'll tell you, you know, maybe you don't flush your toilet paper down the toilet because the plumbing's not that great and and so forth. But Nick said something really interesting. He was like, please don't flush your feminine products, T-shirts, or hats down the toilet. And we were all like, who flushes a hat? Who could possibly? Who did that? Who could flush a hat? Like an AJ Fernandez-style hat. A, like- a toilet. I, I don't even know how that works. Is that possible? Did that really happen at one point? Did somebody try to flush a hat down a toilet? I don't know. Yeah, apparently, apparently i always assume if there's like some rule or some sign that you see that's just like discouraging like some crazy bad behavior mm-hmm. that's there for a reason like someone has done that that's why they have to like right. like protect against it but but to your to your uh, uh point additionally you know he also pointed out like you can drink the water here uh the 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 plumbing is made of pvc instead of you know lead corroded I still, I still you know, no, I I brush my teeth with it without concern oh, you did? after that. Oh yeah, I'm not I, I still use a water bottle. 
And I, I haven't got, we call it the Nicaraguas. I haven't got the Nicaraguas yet. Yeah, we, 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 we did good there. Hey, uh, so then uh, you, you go to sleep. The next day is all about the the actual, the, the plant, the seeds, the sorting of the seeds, yeah, yeah. the planting of the seeds, um, bringing up the young plants. We got to see the entire, you know, farming process. You go to, um, uh, there it is right there. Oh, um, my gosh. That is the that most is La Finca Natalie. It is the most beautiful tobacco fields you've ever seen. It's it's actually in the crater of an old 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 um, volcano. That you're gonna say wooden ship. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> <darn it. laughs> the uh, the mountains that you see there aren't really mountains. That's just the yeah. edge of the old volcano. But this place, Randy, is is mecca if you are a tobacco fan. I mean, it's gorgeous. Well, I, I, I got to say, you know, and, uh, so this hotel that they rent out um, for um, sounds like maybe from nine to 12 weeks a year to conduct these trips. Um, they they don't just rent it out. They've partnered with them and actually built a, a building there on the, the property that has the Perdomo name on it. And that is the school, the classroom. And so each day we actually start the day in the classroom and we learn the theory behind how they they do everything so to eric's point you know it starts with seed selection um and they you know they hand out the pods and you know if you guys haven't seen them uh tobacco seeds are about the size of a, a poppy seed maybe even a, a slightly smaller um and they go through and they show um two actual inventions that nick perdomo has created in a, in a, a seed um sifting and and separating a vessel using different meshes and vibration to separate out um the the best seeds and this that was something that like really struck home with me you know i i'm super passionate about agriculture in general whether it be in the wine and the beer industry uh, we talk all the time about the quality of ingredients uh whether you're cooking whether you're you're making a beer um and and i love that he re he really you know started there with their seed selection and and so not only do they go through this um kind of automated uh sorting machine to find the best seeds they then take a high magnifying glass and uh and hand sort out using a, a pencil and hand selecting only the best seeds. Uh, and, and that's that's what this trip is, right? Is, is they really, they bring the retailers down there to illustrate to them the levels of quality assurance, the level of, of, of specific efforts that they go through to create the very highest quality possible tobacco before, I, I'm not even talking about the factory yet. This is day one. We're just talking about growing the highest quality tobacco humanly possible. And they go through uh, several steps. Uh, you know, I won't go into all of it on, uh, on the show here, but they go through several steps on how they, they kind of differentiate themselves from a lot of other um, uh, growers of tobacco. Cause that's, that's again, the thing with Perdomo, they're vertically integrated. So it's not just, well, we go and we bid on, on this bale of, of fermented tobacco or that bale of fermented tobacco. And we hope that the people, you know, upstream have done a good job in creating a great flavorful product. You know, that they literally start with you know, picking the very best seeds they can to grow the very best tobacco they can. And then uh, to that photo, man, I, such an epic situation when you come over yep. the crest uh, of the crater of the volcano oh. and look down into this thousand acre growing field of tobacco. And as you can even yeah, look like, out here. And, that's and, what you imagine when you think right. of like how these tobacco fields are supposed to look like. I've always imagined it like that, but I've been on so many of these tours and usually you just like drive up and it's just right there. You know, like 
this is like looking down in this in this crater. That's how I've always imagined a, a real tobacco farm to look. Yeah, it's, it, it it's actually, incredible. Yeah, it actually reminds me as I've uh, you know when you go into Napa. And there's nothing wrong with it, but like the grapevines are just on the side of the highway there. Like as you're driving down the road, those are the grapevines for for the Opus One winery. When you go to Bordeaux or uh, or Burgundy in France, you have to like take the trek out to these like picturesque uh, fields of, of of grapes. And that's that's what this felt like. Is like you have to make the trek uh, kind of up this volcano to 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 the crater on the top, and it opens into into that. And it's it's all it's all all inspiring. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the cool things, so like um, as they're as they pick tobacco, like with any farm, they put them into curing barns, and that's uh, where the tobacco begins its its fermentation process and so forth. Mm. But one of the cool things that we got to see on this trip, which I've never seen before. Um, I, I've seen it done in different ways, actually, but I've never seen it, it actually live this way. Uh, one of the curing barns, humidity was too high, so they do what they they put it on fire. They call it, but it's actually just um, you see this picture on your screen right now. It's essentially like twelve-inch uh, dug holes with coal in there that's burning, and that heats this room up and and lowers the relative humidity in there for right. the tobacco. You got to be really careful uh, walking yeah, through like, there. There's a lot of them. Like it's, you're always standing like just a couple of feet away from one of them. It's hot in there. <laughs> it's really hot. In there. It's, really hot. <laughs> it's yeah, like I'll, going into a steam room. <laughs> I think I got a video of it too. Let's take a look at the video. If Jordan has one, I don't know. We'll see. I can get to it. There was a couple of people that just about stepped right into uh, yeah. one of those uh, pits. We there have we a go. sensor. It'll tell us. 82 is, where we start firing up the barns. Uh, there you go. It's a video right there. Yeah, not great, but that's all right. Uh, you kind of get yeah, the feel cool. for it. Uh, that's something that you don't normally get to see on um, on a trip like this. And so that whole first day, Randy was dedicated to uh, this sort of aspect of the of, of the process, uh, which was super cool. Um, and and oh. there, out of all these trips I've taken, you'll never, I've never found any one guy like. On various trips, there might be one guy, he knows a ton about farming, and then there might be another guy, he knows a lot about the production process. But I don't think there's there's any single one person that I've ever been around other than Nick Perdomo that knows so much about literally every aspect, yeah. and yeah. I mean every aspect of it. And um, when he, Nick's kind of funny, and I, I've made this joke before on the, on the show, and I, he was really leaning into this on this trip, so I don't know if I made him lean into it because I've said this before, but if you ask him a question, he'll say, uh, I'm going to answer that in, in, uh, 45 minutes and 32 seconds. Like he's like super like specific about like when he'll <laughs> talk about that part. That was just kind of funny, but, um, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely on it on every single aspect of it. Now, Randy, yeah, no. we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but the dojo got, uh, we got our own cabana, uh, at the hotel. Yeah. So we'll, Let's let's uh, let's move to that. Here, this is where kind of late at night we hung out and we had some good conversations. Now I gotta say this hotel was great, but for some reason I don't know if it was because there was like a water thing out the in the back, but somehow or another, some mosquitoes got into that room and they for some <laughs> reason for some reason Randy they don't care about me. I didn't get bit one single time, but poor you and Jordan got absolutely destroyed. I was getting bit in between my fingers and just, yeah, you know, just 
where mosquitoes aren't, you know, nor- are too shy normally to go. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They 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 got to us a bit, didn't they? Yeah, I've I've got uh, I I was doing a count last night. I've got uh, well over fifty five uh, mosquito bites still. <laughs> fifty five. Fifty-five mosquito bites still kicking, uh, but uh, but yeah, we we did like at the very last day realized that the like main water tower for the property was right behind mine and Jordan's bedroom window, and like it's like must be constantly filling because every little bit it'll like dump water out, and so I think there was literally standing water right at our window. And, uh, and it, for me, I've, I've always had mosquito problems and, and, uh, I, I don't know if, you know, I always tease that I just have sweeter blood than most, but man, if there's one mosquito in a, in a room while I'm sleeping, it'll get me seven times. And that last day I woke up with a mosquito bite in my, almost my, eye, in my tear duct. I had multiple <laughs> on my face. I had them all along. Like basically I, I slept with the sheet, like right up under my chin. So I wouldn't get bit in my body. And I woke up, my face was just littered with my <laughs> Tanner wants to know, has anyone ever actually timed Nick when he says that kind of stuff? Like, did anybody, they'll say like oh, he... the day before, like I'll answer that tomorrow at 1042. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, I, I didn't. Uh, he's done this. He's done this trip. He's got it down. He's very methodical. Um, I mean, and and I think that's part of it, right? Is he's he's almost to a level of OCD about how he runs this company, about how he grows his tobacco, about how how it's all all done. And you know, like one of my favorite things, you know, um, Arthur, um, uh, his his vice president of Perdomo, Arthur he, Kemper. Uh, Arthur Kemper, thank you. Uh, he. Um, he mentioned Six Sigma, and they don't they don't study Six Sigma in Perdomo, but he's had some some professional Six Sigma people come by there, and they're like, "Oh, you're very much um, uh, looking at this from a Six Sigma um, kind of modality." If anyone that knows what that is, but it's 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 basically the art and the practice of always looking for a better way to improve things, and so. Uh, I mean, very little gets by Nick. He's paying attention to absolutely every little thing. And he's got an acronym. He says DISC. And he says, does it sell cigars? Like, why are we doing it if it's not going to sell cigars? If it's not going to create a more flavorful or more aromatic cigar, if it's not going to improve our efficiencies, like, why Why are we doing it? Let's, let's do it better if we can. And so um, I, I think he takes that. And from what I can tell, I don't know him personally as well as you do, Eric, but like, it, it would shock me almost that he doesn't apply that kind of thinking to every part of his life. And so he's looking at this. He knows exactly which order he's going to tell us what. And he'll let you know. If you ask a question, I'm, I'm one of those people. I get excited. You know, he starts talking about, about the seed. And I start asking about the germination room. He goes, Randy... I'll talk about that in 11 minutes and 33 seconds. <laughs> and it's just like, I now we didn't time him, Tanner, but I mean, he wasn't far off. He might've been having a little bit of fun of like going down to the yeah, second. One time he, he was even like, I'm going to answer that in 42 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody just wait, just wait, just wait. 42 seconds. No, but, okay. but, Go. but he's, he's very methodical. You know, he's got, he's got a plan. Like each, each like kind of uh, segment leads to the next and, and really helps you to understand the process that they go through. You know, they talk about um, there, there's 3,052 steps in creating a, 
a Perdomo cigar. And and they use that that number multiple times. Arthur said it separately from Nick. Like, there is no doubt in my mind. They have literally gone through every single step from the sort to 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 the moving it from this warehouse to that. They have counted every single step down to uh, 3,052, I believe. Um and uh, and and I have no doubt he's done this tour enough times over the years. Um, he knows exactly. He's just like, yeah, that that's not going to come up for another twelve and a half minutes. <laughs> like, like I, I have no question that he's pretty darn close when he says that stuff. <laughs> so day two uh, was all about the production side of things. You're talking about um, the sorting of the tobacco, the. Uh, putting the recipes together that eventually go to the bunchers and get made into cigars and into the aging rooms. And then we did the box factory. Unlike a lot of places, again, some places say that they're some cigar factories say that they're vertically integrated, but they're not a hundred percent vertically integrated. They might be kind of vertically integrated, but they still buy their boxes from box factory. They might still get their cellos from, you know, a company that makes cellophane. Like, at Perdomo, they literally have giant blocks, you know, of wood that they yeah. carve down to make the box. They literally make every box. And we went through that process. And Randy, oh, process. I, I know that that really, and Jordan does a lot of woodworking. Oh, yeah. That, that was an incredible, that. that was an incredible portion of the trip, seeing them go through that process to actually make every single box and print them and varnish them and sand them and glue them and the whole rigmarole. It was incredible. No, there's, there's nothing missed. And, and, you know, uh, Eric, you had told me previously that there was a box factory there and I, I don't know what I thought at the time. I I probably just kind of glazed over it, but actually seeing it and like uh, seeing, like you said, and basically a tree is cut into like, three big old chunks and they start right there and they start um, by measuring the humidity at that point they dry the wood as it comes from the, the from the mill and they're cutting it down into the slats and they're separating it this is going to be a top this is going to be a bottom this is going to be a front side this is going to be the, you know the 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 left side i mean the 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 specifications to everything that they do and then they 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 have a kiln there. They kiln the wood. And what was fun to me that I really like the like level of, of specificity and, and, and attention that they pay is, uh, he said, you know, we could kiln this to 12% um, moisture and it would be enough that the wood wouldn't bow. But we've learned that we can dry it to 6% moisture and that's going to reduce the weight, which is going to make the shipping more efficient and save us some money on the shipping of these filled boxes back to American containers and, and like, like to, to the nth degree. I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing that these guys have not paid attention to looked for the best way to do it and really implemented in the, the process of bringing you the highest possible quality Perdomo cigar Brandy, that they can do. Mike Harvey wants to know, are there any questions you wish you would have asked? Oh, a good question. Oh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, tell you, Mike, there was a couple I was nervous to ask because <laughs> I was afraid that I was going to jump ahead again and get smacked back to the next room. Um, but, but no, I, I, that, that's, what's great about Nick is he, he encourages engagement, encourages those questions. You know, he, he very much values that we all spent, you know, money and time to be down there. He makes himself so available. Uh, you know, there's a guy that 
works, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week and takes his time out to like really allow you to have access to him. So getting to do the, the tour with, with him was fantastic. And me being me, I, I don't think there was much I, that I did ask him that I, that I thought of. You know? I wish I would have asked more about the 30th anniversary. Mm. Didn't get oh, too, okay. I didn't, we didn't get too in depth on that. Yeah. He's only sort of like it's kind of top secret hinted but. about that for the last a year and a half or so. Um, and that's next year is his 30th yeah. anniversary in 2024, right? I can't wait. I think it's that. this year. Um, I don't know. Is it this either year? way. Yeah. Well, either so way, he hasn't got asked. there yet. He'll answer that question in two months and six days <laughs> and 14 hours. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead just a little cause we're, we're, we're taking longer than I thought. Randy, what were uh, a highlight or two that you can think of, um, you know, from the trip that, that were just really sort of either, a just kind of blew you away or impressed you or things that you didn't expect. Um, uh, maybe a couple highlights that you can tell, tell the audience just about your trip that, uh, that you, you'll always remember for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, again, it, it's, it's a, it's a magical moment when you come over the, the hill there at, at Finca Natalie. Um, it really is something else, you know, it's so impressive that the care and dedication and, and attention they pay to the seed selection. Uh, one of the things that, that I've seen in agriculture and other industries, and I've also seen it in the cigar industry is that they cut, they, they plant several seeds and then they cut the, the plants, you know, that they're putting exactly one seed in each cup. They don't cut it. You know, they, they, they really focus on not stressing out the plant. I believe strongly in like, um, you know, when you stress a plant, it really creates a, a whole nother thing. But to your point, I mean, there's nothing he didn't know about that thing. Like he had to ask his agriculturist and his fermentation manager, like, what stage are we at on, on this over here? But like, he didn't have to ask, hey, what is it we're doing here again? <laughs> right, right? Right, there's, right. there's nothing he had to ask why they're doing it. It's like, where are we at on this? Okay, he said we're, we're at 45 days. That means that the last 20 days has been exactly this, and what we're going to do over the next 20 days is exactly this. Um, so, so Nick's uh, just complete dedication to that factory and to the process. And, I, I mean, it, it's... I, and I'm literally getting goosebumps right now just thinking about the way he's dedicated his entire life to bringing us uh, the, these premium cigars and, and everything that they've done. And you know what? Another thing that was really, really um, impactful, and they, they make a point to uh, make sure that people know this. They're asking as they introduce people to you as, as you go. And of the 5,000 employees that he has, 1,880 of them are there at the factory floor. Um, and and he, he asks them, like, uh, you know, this is... This is Jaime. You know, Jaime, how long have you been with us? 20 years, Nick. I've been here 20 years, 24 years. Their, their average um, employment is 19.6 years, I think you said. And so that, that like all these people that we're meeting from the from Efrain that's driving the bus, who's normally a, a tractor driver in in the off season, he's been with him for 21 years. And, and they work their way up, you know, into these different positions. And I kind of love that he talks about the specialization. If you're a roller, you're a roller for life. You don't get promoted from roller to inspector, but you do get uh, promoted from runner to roller to um to to the to i'm sorry from from runner to inspector to the the final inspector and so these people he's given an opportunity for for the town of Esteli to have you know thousands of workers spend an entire lifelong career um being supported by by perdomo becoming an absolute master at their craft um the the, the people the the you know he talked about 
the, the work ethic of Nicaraguans and how critical that is in the success of Perdomo Cigars. Um, just the, the, the way the people re respond to that company, how important it is to their, to their town and to their culture and, and that he doesn't take that for granted. You know, he, he understands that he's, he, he, you know, he cares for that. And he, like I said, even for us, you know, he valued that we spent our time and our money to go down there. Um, and, and that's not lost on him. You know, right. he's kind of a superstar, but without being arrogant about it and, and, and being appreciative of every, you know, everybody that that's, or decides to, you know, choose to spend their money on Perdomo cigars. He, he seems genuinely appreciative that people have given him the opportunity to grow to the, you know, what they are today. Jordan, what, you got a highlight uh, that uh, for the trip for you well, since it was your first go-round at the, the Perdomo I, trip? I just think the farm was so incredibly impressive. Um, you know, like they have custom tractors built that are only, what are they, like 600 pounds? So they don't, so they kind of mimic the way the cattle are on the, on not too, not too heavy on the soil and whatnot. And they had cool things like where normally when you pull off a leaf from the plant, it's kind of stressful on the plant and it causes these other suckers to grow. And so they just have like this little thing of, I don't know what it is, they just plop on there and, and it just kills it in a way that seals it up without needing, you know, for the, these other, causing this extra stress in the plant. Like all these little minute things were so impressive with that farm. They have, they don't have to uh, get water from the town or the city. They, they actually just have a system that pulls it up straight from the river and cleans it yep. and can fertilize all the plants based on, you know, they have these like robot things that are in the ground that can detect if the soil needs X amount of, uh, you know, whatever night, you know, um, whatever chemical it might be, they can put that in there and they can, they don't overwater the plants. Like it can tell how much they need and it'll just water it exactly where the roots are. All that kind of stuff was so impressive to me. Now, uh, uh, we'll wrap up the, the tour portion of this uh, show and we'll get on to our, our new segment after the commercial. But so I want to ask a final question to both, uh, uh, Randy and Jordan, uh, Randy, um, and I'll answer this first while you guys think about it. Cause I'm, th I'm kind of throwing this at you. Um, has your perception, did your perception of Perdomo cigars change, um, after being on this tour? And so I, this is my second go around at the tour. Um, and so I'll try to answer it the way I thought after the first time, I think my biggest takeaway from this is they Perdomo seems to do things slightly different than a lot of other companies. And, and here's, here's how I think, um, the, instead of trying to come up with like a crazy, um, a blend for a cigar and there's nothing wrong with either way. I'm not, I'm not cutting either way down. Like both of these methods I think are fine. Um, but this is my perception. Um, instead of, uh, trying to come up with crazy blends that feet that feature maybe seven different types of tobacco and this and that, and all these different regions or whatever, uh, it seems like Perdomo's method is, Hey, we, we have a simple, a pretty simple recipe for in, in for all of our cigars, but we're going to do all of these other things to make that one simple recipe, the best that it can possibly be. And I'm talking about like the bourbon barrel aging of the tobacco. I'm talking about the ridiculous lengths they go to to make sure the plants are um, the way they want them to be and healthy. So instead of um, trying to um, jump into um, crazy recipes and stuff, let's just take a, a, a regular recipe for, say, stew and make that stew the best possible stew in the world with the best possible meat and the best possible spices. That, to me, was how my 
perception of Perdomo changed after I went on this trip. Jordan, did your perception of Perdomo uh, change in any way? Yeah, I just I think it just it magnified it. You know, like I had already. I feel like I was kind of living vicariously through your last tour. Like I had already gained a somewhat of an appreciation for what they do just based on that. Uh, but this just magna- this just added to it. Uh, this it's the consistency that you know they they maybe they only have they only have these three crop plant varietals that they use, but they use them so well. They uh, it's the con- the consistency of every cigar is going to burn perfectly. It's going to draw perfectly. And we, we know that by smoking them, but just getting to see it uh, just really gives an added appreciation to what they do. What about you, Randy? Uh, how's your perception change, if any, uh, about Perdomo? Yeah, I, I, I think my perception has changed dramatically. You know, I had a lot of respect for the brand. I like the cigars. Um, but I, I, I like the way that Jordan just said that. I I feel that I do that as, a, as like a home cook. You know, I, I, I often tease that I like to take a really like basic and simple meal and do it to the nth degree. You know, when I first learned to make a Cuban sandwich, I didn't want to mess it up by buying the wrong bread. So I learned to bake, uh, I, I learned a recipe to bake my, the, the bread for my Cuban sandwich. And I, I feel like, um, you know, that's something that's uh, paramount with, with their brand and the way they, br- they bring things to life is like, we, we are going to do this at, at such a, a, a heightened value of quality and and focus on the flavor and you know someone actually asked him like you know so you've done all this you've created all this you've invented machines to be able to support better ways to do these things like what is it for you what's next like 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 what are you still trying to improve and he said you know aromatics you know i i i think there's ways that we can continue to tweak and make a more aromatic version of our cigars and and to your point eric and 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 he talked about like that you know, I, I think it's it's one thing to say it's a it's a simple re- recipe, but it, but it's so well thought out. You know, they think about the complexity. They they don't use the same leaf off of the same plant. If they're going to use two viso leaves, um, they're going to use two viso leaves off of two different lots. Um, so that, that there is going to be some nuance in in flavors. There's gonna there is not going to be this homogenous flavor. You're not going to have this single flavor in your cigar. You're going to have, the, you know, the more attention you pay, you, you pick up on these uh, these uh, these layers of flavors and and, and these different uh, things. And then I actually wasn't aware that 100 percent of all wrappers were barrel aged. Um, you know, I've I've always f- focused on you know the the double the double aged. Uh, uh, vintage 12 has always been my favorite cigar from them, but you know, they, they do that uh, against all their cigars and it not only gives, um, uh, a flavor of, of sweetness and spicy and cinnamon like characters, but it also makes them, the leaves just literally more beautiful. It, it, it helps to give a more consistent color, uh, uh, throughout the leaf and, and that every single cigar is so identical consistency is a big thing and we talk about that in in uh the same way we we do in, in craft beer we we talk about that all the time in in tobacco that like you're you're you're, you're working with an agricultural product you're you're always gonna um be subject to you know we, we had more rain this year than we did last year we had more sun or, or you know the, there's these variables that um that the world just provides when you're in when you're in agriculture and that they they blend around that and they grow around that and they're they're, they're constantly um 
you, you know, tweaking the process to give you a consistent flavor that I genuinely believe. I don't know that I, I believe that any other producer of, of premium cigars is going to be, you know, and you guys talked about it in your um, in your food tournament uh, the other day of just like when, when you go to a restaurant and you expect the same thing and you get it every time from city to city, from from uh, from blend to blend, you're you're going to find consistency. And so if you find a cigar that you like from them, like, you know, that you can count on that. It's going to be dead as nails every single time you pick it up. And I really believe they've they've perfected a, a, a process to ensure that. Randy, what did you think about – we talked about um, double fermentation and, and whatnot on our yeah. Flavor Odyssey the week before last. Uh, but now actually seeing it, did your opinion change on that at all? No, actually I was I was pretty proud of, of what we said on Flavor Odyssey that uh, that we, we didn't mislead our audience at all, you know um, – you know, we, we talked to, you know, for me, I'm, I'm such a purist on these terms Like fermentation is literally the, like the, um, the consumption of sugars and, and, um, and, you know, he talked about that. He didn't believe it. It was really, um, Nick Perdomo senior that first had the idea of imparting, uh, barrel aging into the process. And, and Nick Perdomo admitted, it's like, I, I told my dad, it's like, well, how could it ferment any further? It can't ferment. Like we've fermented this to, to absolute completion. Yeah. Cause and- they will like in the pylones, they will, they'll test the temperature and they'll see like, okay, it rises up. Okay. We, then we, we, we switch the tobacco leaves around and then it lowers down. And then as you, you put it into pylone again, it rises back up. And then you do that so many times, eventually it stops rising up. It's done. Right. But then in right. these barrels, you know, there's a little bit of the alcohol residue in the bottom of the barrels. That combines with the pressure of the tobaccos. This will somehow reignite that fermentation again. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's very valid to say that there are sugars in wood. There's, there's sugars in the alcohol that's left in right. there, and 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 it's it, it genuinely does create a secondary fermentation. They've proven that through that temperature spike that you're talking about is like there's measurables here that this is re-fermenting a second time. And uh, and yeah, like what what a flavor you, you know it, it gives that that sweetness again. The the color uh, becomes richer. Uh, you know, it goes from being um, I forget what what he what he called it, but but there is kind of that greenish tinge to a lot of Connecticut tobacco. I think the the Connecticut is is easier to see where you know, and I'm smoking it here. Uh, you know, it has that caramely um, kind of almost reddish hue to it that really makes it so attractive. It's butterscotch, exactly. No, and and that that barrel aging. I think Eric, you said it best. You know, that's kind of the secret sauce to Perdomo cigars. Randy, what did yeah. you think about this guy? Oh man, uh, Aristides, this gentleman right here in front of us. You guys, if you ever get a chance to like hear a story or two about Aristides, uh, he's going to be ninety-four years old next month. Uh, he hand rolled. Uh, no, no molds, no rollers. He bunched some tobacco out of his pocket and rolled us all a cigar. Um, this is the, and, and his story, what an amazing thing to have him at, 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 at the, Oh, you've got it right there. Nice. Uh, what a gem, uh, you know, a legend in this industry. You know, he actually, after, after the revolution, he ended up getting promoted through the government to be the, uh, he oversaw all tobacco, uh, for all of Cuba, uh, for many years. He didn't come to Nicaragua until his late sixties. And, and uh, again, I, and I told you guys, I, 
I almost came to tears listening to his story and his, you know, what it took for him and his family to make it to Nicaragua. And that, uh, you know, we got to witness something like pretty special as, as he gave credit to Nick as Nick made sure that his family was able to make it to Nicaragua and be with him. And, uh, they're there now. He's, he's got a granddaughter that's, or, oh, I'm sorry, age wise. She looks like granddaughter. his daughter works there at the factory and in packaging. Well, say, what a like fun seven story. Kids? Like, uh, Going from yeah, like ranging seven years from old to... seventy one, <laughs> from yeah. seventy one to fourteen is oh, the 14. youngest. I mean, I just uh, just to think from fourteen to seventy one, this this man has been, uh, you know, you know, continuing to grow his family. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you think the Perdomo farms are fertile? Hey, hey. <laughs> this guy takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, yeah, this is this. This is when we came into oh. the factory, and they uh, they gave us kind of a, a, a hello, and they all uh, uh, banged the chevettes on the on the tables. It was really really cool, super amazing. If you have if you have a if you're in the area of a retailer that is a Perdomo retailer, and they're ever uh, going the trips, so, some consumers get to go down there. There was several consumers on this trip that were friends yeah, yeah. of various um, you know retailers that got to go. Randy, you cannot pass up this opportunity. It was a, it was Man. it's a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity. Randy got a certificate it, out of it too. Oh so. god! Oh, can you guys, can you guys imagine how excited Randy was <laughs> to have a a certificate? Uh, th- this is like this is like <laughs> this is Valhalla or whatever. Or like uh, I don't know. Randy, as good as it gets, baby. As good as it gets. It, it was that, that that was a special moment you know obviously it's it's really cool you know it's someone he, you know, he built this company with his father and now uh nick perdomo uh the third is uh you, you know there worked working has worked every position and is now uh um i don't know exactly what nick's uh title currently is but but what an amazing thing and and i gotta say can i just say Mike Lemure is now the third person that was on this trip with us that I see tuning in here tonight. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And, uh, and you know, none of these guys really knew who Cigar Dojo was when we got down there. So uh, thanks for tuning yeah, in absolutely. and hanging out. It was great to meet everybody down there. It's, uh, but, but to your point, it's, it's, it's on the short list. You know, this is if, if you love tobacco, if you enjoy this community and culture that, that we're all blessed to be part of, this is really a once in a lifetime opportunity to, uh, really meet these people who've dedicated themselves to this. And, um, you know, they're so appreciative of our, um, of our interest in, in what they do. Uh, and and it just resonates in, in every, in every stage that you go to, um, you know, their appreciation of us, you know, really makes it humbling to be down there and, and, and think that so much work goes into these, uh, cigars that, that, that we enjoy and that we talk about on, on, on our show, you know, on Wednesday nights, you know, pairing, you know, we talk about flavor all the time. We talk about pairing and like, j- just to like really bear witness to how much, uh, how much labor goes into this, how much dedication goes into, uh, these cigars is, is really a transformative event for me. Absolutely. All right, boys, when we get back from commercial, we are going to do a, uh, a new segment that we've never done before. It's called, um, at the water cooler. Uh, we'll be talking about some, some news stories that are affecting the cigar industry today. Um, but until then, folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. 
Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands, such as Romeo y Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, and many more. Make sure to try one of their exclusive lines, such as the Drew Estate Nightshade or the Limited Edition Cigar Dojo 10th Anniversary Champagne by Perdomo. Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is episode 368 of Smoke Night Live. This is the Nicaraguan adventure. We've been discussing our recent trip to Nicaragua and the Perdomo factory with Randy and Jordan. We had a great time with all the guys that showed up. Uh, Bobby, who owns a, uh, a uh, shop in Arizona, who bragged a lot about not bringing a cutter or lighter and then borrowed a cutter and lighter the entire trip. Every, every five minutes. Every five minutes. We love you, Bobby. But next time, Just bring one. check a bag, bring a cutter, bring a lighter, um, bring some bug spray. Uh, uh, that's all I can say on that one. But no, the guys that came along were great guys. We met a lot of really cool dudes. Uh, James yeah. from uh, Colorado Springs just lives yeah. down the road from us. Uh, came on the trip. Didn't get to, uh, got to meet him. Wade Cates, who's a... Uh, uh, from Tennessee, absolutely amazing guy. Had a, a really nice talk with Wade. Super cool. All the guys on the trip were a blast. Super fun to hang out with. We had a great time. But let's get into some news, shall we, Randy and Jordan? This is a new segment called... So we were at the water cooler, Randy and Jordan, and I've got three news stories that are breaking this week, and we're just going to quickly talk through all of them and see what your guys' thoughts are, and I'd love to hear the comments on YouTube and Facebook about what you guys think as well. Uh, the big one that hit while we were, uh, as the trip was winding down, I think it was, uh, I think we saw it as we were coming back or when we got to uh, back to Managua that day, um, Alec Bradley was acquired or is being acquired by STG. Jordan, I'm going to start you off on this one. What are your thoughts on this? This is a uh, major, major deal. So crazy. I I mean, good for those guys. Congratulations. You know, happy for them. But at the same time, I'm sad. Like, these uh, are, are boutiques. Not, they're not their boutique, but our Room 101 was last year and Alec Bradley this year. You know, we've seen it before, but it seems like it's picking up with uh, – steady pace i just don't want to see a future where all the companies are owned by stg randy what are your thoughts on this acquisition yeah it's it's uh it's kind of um i'm conflicted in it you know i've seen uh, you know the industry that i work in in craft beer um acquisitions have also become kind of the norm and and you know i i guess time will tell you know if, if we had to just pick a, a a single statement about how we feel about it um and you know to their credit you know, this is the same company that acquired Drew Estate. Um, no. And no. 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 I thought you said that it was. Swisher. Did it not? Who else did they? So they. they so LaGloria Cupana. You know, okay. uh, Room 101. Uh, CAO. This is general. So it's general. Okay. Okay. Same, same sort of deal. That, that did, well, it feels different because you, you know, I, like like you said, you know, in, in my industry, Anheuser Busch, Miller Coors, uh, Constellation Brands ha have made these acquisitions, and you see it go different ways. You know, from from the ugliest version where they're just trying to get shelf space and buy that through consumer confusion, and and now everything's coming out of one factory, and 
we really do lose that artisan nature of the individual companies. Um, others, such as the, the acquisition of Drew Estate, where they keep Jonathan Drew there and, and his innovation and his, his dedication to his brand um, remains part of the equation to where I generally think that uh, they still, uh, Drew Estate still operates um, in some ways, independently of, of what their overall arcing strategy is, they, they allow them to continue to operate. Um, so I guess time will tell, you, you know, what I mean, I, I think uh, it's, it's super interesting because you see this more when there's not a succession plan. Like, like after Drew, uh, Jonathan Drew retires, you know, who takes over? I don't know that there was someone being uh, kind of brought along for that. But then with Alec Bradley, I mean, I, mean, I feel like... Um, Alec and Bradley have their own line of cigars now. They're part of, of, of the company. There was a succession plan there, and I think that a lot of the innovation and cool and fun stuff that was coming out of Alec Bradley was being driven by that next generation. You know, Alan Rubin obviously <laughs> deserves his due respect. He's done so much on the, on the, uh, on the legal side of things, being a, a, a spokesperson for our industry as, um, as, as we, we kind of constantly um, battling uh, you know, um, control uh, by the oversight by the government. Uh, so I hope we don't lose Alan Rubin from, from that standpoint, because I think he has been a, uh, a great um, spokesperson for premium tobacco in general and making sure that like we are separated from uh, all tobacco and that cigarettes and cigars are such different products. So um, hopefully he's not going to completely step away because I think he's a, he's a, a, a real resource for the industry. Um, but, but it'll be interesting to see what Alec and Bradley do. do, you know, do they stay on? Are they allowed to continue to innovate and, um, you know, maybe this actually offers them more opportunities where more, you know, general, you know, did that, uh, that great, um, collaboration that we loved with Espinosa where, you know, we, we hadn't really seen the big guys work with a small boutique guy like that, but all of a sudden, you know, Hector had the, had access to these tobaccos that Espinosa, you know, previously didn't have access to. So like, uh, it, you know, it'll be interesting as the next two to three years um, kind of unfold and to see if if Alec and Bradley stay part of of the team or, you know, maybe they take their um, their huge payout and, uh, you, you, you know, start start their own projects like we saw with Sokka and, and Nick Melillo as as you know, once their their non-compete ends, maybe they start their own small boutique and come back with with, with kind of a different um a different brand under a different name so it's it it is sad to to jordan's point is that's a brand that we've been close with and uh, obviously you guys have done a few different collaborations with alec bradley and alec and bradley uh, both um so i i know all we can do is say is, is time will tell but uh but it, but it's interesting as these mega companies continue to um kind of buy shelf space by by acquiring other brands yeah i it's interesting because like Drew Estate, Swisher, Swisher doesn't have a premium cigar division, so they buy it. Right. And Drew Estate's kind of st still in charge because they're the ones that are doing the premium cigars. Where I could see, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, who who knows how long the the Rubens stay on board, but in this situation, they already have their own factories. They, they have everything. Uh, you could see a situation where, you know, they just get rid of Rice's Cubanas and the Placencia factories, and we'll just bring that all in house. We already do all that stuff. So it's a little right. different between Drew, I think, the Drew Estate acquisition and this. Yeah. Now, folks, well, um, congratulations to the boys. I'm going to pour some Alec uh, and Bradley uh, bourbon right now uh, in in their honor. Um, but uh, 72 
million dollars. Um, <laughs> what did you? What did Jordan? What did you think of that price tag? Did that uh, did that set you back a little? Did that surprise that was, you? Yeah, it was a little higher than I, I thought. We, uh, it was that's impressive. <laughs> that is a, that's a big number, Randy. It's a big number, and, and as I pointed out, it'd be interesting to to understand a little bit better the details. You know, I'm directly coming from uh, Perdomo. You know, when when you're at Perdomo and you see his warehouses of bales you know he must have 50 i don't know 15 to 20 million dollars just in seven in, years worth right uh, of just cigars made and ready to ship or uh or or tobaccos that are just ready, waiting to be blended so it, it would be interesting to understand better the uh, the valuation on the brand equity itself versus the assets that they had in warehouses that, that they were uh they were acquiring you know now, all indication is everything's going to stay the same. Some people were asking, will there be uh, Urodashi next year? As far as I know, yes, there will be Urodashi next year. Uh, everything is set to continue um, as it is. So that's that's our understanding. And um, and uh, at, there's no there's no better guy in this industry than Alan Rubin. So man, kudos to him. Amazing. Uh, next story, uh, Jordan. I'll start with you on this one again. Our, our good buddy who used to sit right next to me on this show, Jack oh. Heyer. Um, Jack Hire goes from the dojo, stabs us in the back, um, yes. moves on to um, Jackie backstabs. <laughs> Jackie backstabs, moves on to Alec Bradley. Ironically, ironically enough, enough, to be a sales rep in California. If he would have stayed there long enough, he could have got that <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that that, nah, that their trickle down that all goes all the way to no. reps. But <laughs> then he ends up at Drew Estate as uh, like a social media kind of guy. I'm not exactly sure what his title was. This week, Jordan, was announced that our good buddy, Jackie Vacations, Vacations. is on to Camacho to represent the Camacho brand as some sort of ambassador. Insane. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, but it was 2018. And look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that sexy tramp stamp. That tattoo finally paid off. Who would have thought? Has a tramp stamp ever paid off? To this degree, I don't think so. Do you, do you guys think he even sent a resume or just that photo? All, <laughs> photo. Uh, uh, all I know is tomorrow I'm getting a Fuente tattooed right oh, on yeah. the top of my butt crack. <laughs> on the top of my butt crack. It was so funny because we went down there on the on the tour and like night one or two, Jack was like, "Wouldn't that be crazy if I got that tattooed on me?" And we're like, "Yeah, you should do it." And like they. He told the Camacho people, and they're like, okay, yeah, we could get a tattoo guy down here. And then the next night, you think like, oh, we were just we just drank a lot that night. And he was like, no, I still think it's a good idea. And then like <laughs> night three rolled around, and like the tattoo guy just showed up. And I was like, okay, there's no turning back now. Can, can I just make this about me for just a second here? Um, it just so happened that uh, my my um, onboarding and inclusion into, into the Cigar Dojo team uh, started right at that very moment. You know, I won the Camp Camacho trip and right. literally he, he was interrupted right as he was about to announce my name as one of the winners. He literally stops and goes, Oh my gosh, the tattoo artist just walked in. This just got real. <laughs> and then like the next words out of his mouth were Randy Griggs. You've won a trip to Honduras. <laughs> like, like, like how, how, how a lot just... of important stuff happened in that 10 minutes there. <laughs> Poetic, man. Poetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Janine, if you're still watching, I'm I'm open to getting the Perdomo tattoo. Just saying, just throwing it out there. I'm open to it. I don't have a single tattoo on my body, but 
you know, <laughs> if the price is right, I'm in. Um, so no, congratulations to yes. Jack. He did oh. it in a classy way. It was cool. All of a sudden, he just changed yeah. his cover cover photo to Camacho. Yeah. And by the way, we w- will be going to the Camacho factory in a month from now. Uh, Matt, you're going to be on that trip. Are you excited about this trip, Matt? I am so excited. All this, this that we've been watching right now has made me a little jealous. But then I think about like next month, I'm going to be in Honduras. That's there right. It's going to be there awesome. You go. It's going to be amazing. We can't wait. All right. Uh, the final uh, news story. TPE is going on right now, which is the yep. Total Product Expo. And that's um, sort of the secondary. I, w- I, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's like a secondary trade show for premium cigars. Obviously, the main one for just cigars is the PCA. Um, a lot of stories have been coming out. Typically, not a lot of like crazy releases come out at TPE. Uh, one release that did come out, which I find very peculiar... Is this uh, new Luciano uh, release, which is called Foreign Affairs? But now Luciano, I'm I'm gonna just I gotta talk. I'm gonna look right into the camera. Th- this this strikes me as being a, a little similar to another product uh, as far as branding is concerned. So Jordan, throw that up on there. Is 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 that not? Am I freaking out? Does that not look exactly like the Olea de Nicaragua Antonio? Like. Hmm. brand i mean it's literally the exact same band almost randy what do you think about that randy well you know you guys are the designers you have an eye for that type of thing obviously that that center medallion um is a tobacco plant you know it's it's one of those things i've faced this in beer for so long you know i i'm I'm part of a group um uh called the brewing network that uses a hop grenade as their as their logo and it's just you know anyone not in uh interested in beer it's actually on my dang hat as we speak yeah you know a lot of people think it's an artichoke if you don't know what hops are and so we've seen that virtually the exact same thing i mean how many different directions can you go with 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 a with a plant so well uh, like that's like saying like it would be copying to put a tobacco leaf on a cigar which it wouldn't be but to do this i don't know (laughs) a little more than that i feel like all right it's it's pretty close it's really (laughs) it's very very close i i'm looking forward to trying it i hope it's a great cigar uh jordan um and you know, we've been getting all the press releases. Anything? I, I guess one thing that's sort of interesting, Jordan, is there's uh, not a lot of media guys went this year. And I think it's mainly based on the fact that they changed the date. They put this right, right where Pro Cigar is, like Coops at Pro Cigar, like we were in uh, Nicaragua on the Perdomo trip. But this is typically the time that these trips take place. Um, and I think next year they're moving it back a bit closer to january which is a smart move but jordan what are, yeah. your, what are your thoughts on this year's tpe that seemed like a couple of years ago it was all of a sudden like oh maybe this could like overtake pca uh but as we've gone uh, you know a couple of years since it just kind of seems less and less so you know they keep adding more and more non-cigar related things right. to the the trade show uh it's a fun trade show uh but at, at this point if i was a pca i would just move it to like the exact same time as the TPE and make guys choose like the PCA is going to win that battle. What do you think, Absolutely, Randy? What are your yeah. thoughts on TPE this year? Any, any, yeah, any strike? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, uh, Jordan nailed it. You know, uh, the, all the rage, you know, um, obviously there was kind of the misstep with PCA and, and allowing some, some of the manufacturers to kind of walk away and decide that, you know, costs are so exorbitant to, to hold a trade show in, in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, people really had to like choose their battles, uh, 
Tobacco Plus Expo is what it was called at the time. Really made it, um, really made it inviting. But obviously, going there, you know, I and it's one sixth of the floor, if not one eighth of the floor. Again, you know, there, there's a lot of CBD and THC focused companies. Um, it's a very different feel, um, and and I think you know the retailers are different. I think we talked about that in our coverage of TPE that it, it might expand. You know, there's a lot of C stores, a lot of like the Seven Elevens of the world that want to have just like a little humidor um uh, you know aren't necessarily a key demographic of where the premium um uh, industry like focuses or their effort so i love the idea of like expanding uh, your your potential uh customer and expanding our, our ability to distribute premium cigars um you know where, where people shop anyways uh but but yeah, as they've expanded now, it's total product and it's even a bigger show and cigars are even a smaller percentage of that. I think our, our limitations to grow the industry in that show um, have become apparent over the last few years. I do love um, on the other side of the coin that it has been a focus for some brands who um, who focus on releasing something in the spring. Uh, this is a, a platform for them to do it. So I think it kind of has created a little bit of a, a, of a surge in releases in the earlier part of the year. So as a, as a consumer and as a smoker, I like that. Um, but yeah, but, like, but should I, we I, have I, to wait yeah. till like July to just to find out what's, what we're going to smoke the rest of the year. Like right. this, this one date, like be nice to spread that out. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think there's advantages to it. Like uh, uh, to Jordan's point, I, I'd love to see PCA move it to a little bit earlier in the year. Uh, you know, traveling to Las Vegas not in the first week of, or second week of July. Uh, from from just a, like being able to be outside and breathe standpoint is uh, <laughs> you, you know would, would would be a nice change. But but I think PCA still um, has uh, they've pivoted well. I think that first year was tough for them uh, as as some of the big factories. Um, and brands decided to pull away from from that trade show. I think they've pivoted well, and they're they're adjusting to that, and, and everyone's kind of getting a better feel for uh, what the opportunities are. But PCA is clearly still um, the, the the best stage for premium tobacco as an industry to you know have their moment and and time with retailers. Yeah, I asked uh, Hall of Fame uh, Kevin Acuff how uh, TPE was going because he's there. He said, ah, it's about the same as normal. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, about the same as normal. Um, so, guys, uh, thanks. I hope I hope you guys enjoyed uh, tonight's show, learning a little bit about what a trip to Nicaragua is like and specifically uh, what a trip to the Perdomo factory is like. I know we had a, a really good time, obviously, uh, being there. We're very thankful to Nick and the whole uh, Perdomo staff for inviting us, which was uh, incredible on their part and can't thank them enough for allowing us to be there. That was fantastic. Randy, Flavor Odyssey is coming up on Wednesday. What do we got on Flavor Odyssey this week? It's not just Flavor Odyssey continuing. It is the season premiere of season six. I can't even believe it, guys. We have made it through a full five seasons of Flavor Odyssey. We work our butts off all, all week, month, and year long to really come up with some, some great opportunities to bring flavor to, to the forefront of the conversation really help people to understand what they taste, what their subjective preferences are and give them, uh, get people out of their comfort zone and, and, and really find something that can enhance their smoking experience through pairing with beverages. Uh, so th this season, like, 
like like never before. We're really trying to bring something unique, whether whether it be mocktails or non-alcoholic beverages in general, to to some of the coolest cocktails that we've ever been able to find, to pairing with wine and eucalyptus tea. You never know. So this week is going to be a bit of a wild card as we talk more in our season premiere about what to expect in season six so please tune in on wednesday night 9 p.m eastern time and uh robbie uh, robbie raz eric jordan and i will we'll go through and kind of lay out what we have in store for this year and it's going to be starting with none other than the cigar of the year Pairing shows, we're going to do five shows. We usually do segments of four. We're going to do five shows going through the five cigars found at the Smoke Inn. Uh, Cigar of the Year, Cigar Dojo Pack and Sampler. So I hope you guys have a chance to get your hands on one of those as we're going to smoke through those five cigars and try and find the best pairings (laughs) that we possibly can see on Wednesday. Yeah, there we go. And then as far as uh, Smoke Night Live next uh, Friday night, me and Jordan have a crazy show planned. I don't want to say what it is yet because it's going to uh, make a lot of work for Jordan. i got to make sure that he's able to accomplish that. We've got a really fun show planned for you uh, uh, next Friday night, a week from tonight. But tonight is still going on, and we're going to be on the Dojoverse all night. So get your phone out. Go to Dojoverse.com. Check into the cigar that you're smoking. Uh, share what you're drinking along with that cigar. Kind of do a little flavor odyssey pairing if you want to do that on the show or on the on the app. And um, it, we're, we also do a little now playing if you're like listening to something cool. Maybe some Bob Marley. I know Randy loves his Bob Marley. Uh, do hashtag now playing what you're listening to. We're gonna be partying all night tonight on Dojoverse.com. Yes, that's right. This the fun isn't over yet. We're gonna be having fun all night long on Dojoverse.com. So get your phones out. Please join us. We always have a great time all night long on Dojoverse.com. But until next time, remember, never, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you next time. Look, kid, we're trying to work with you here. Tell us what we want to know, and maybe we can cut a deal. I'm not saying anything until my lawyer gets here. Bad idea. Look here, scumbag. I didn't spend 20 years on the streets to have some punk back talk me, all right? Now tell us what we want to know. What do you want to know? We're going to ask you one more time. And if you don't tell us what we want to know, you're going to spend the next 15 years in a slammer bartering for fruit cups. How did you get these cigars so quick and easy? Huh? Is it the Russians? A street gang? Tell us who it is. Hey, Chief. What is it, Jenkins? I think you got them from Jana Cigar. They have the best prices on the biggest brands and some really great shipping options. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right, then. Uh, I guess you're free to go. You want to go hang out somewhere? Maybe watch a game or something? Yeah, sure, the Cowboys are on. You son of a-